0: show our kids how to live these behaviors we have, as, a, as a coach or as, as an administrator as anybody else if you want your kids to be on time you better be on time produced by podcast architects
1: All right, well, welcome to the SLL podcast, episode one. I'm your host, Rick Fernandez, where we talk sports, leadership, and have a little laughter. I'm here with the first guest of the show, coach Nick Kaduti, Fulcher, Chargers, Lamar Consolidated ISD. Coach, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on. Glad to be the first one, right?
1: Yeah, I feel like I betrayed uh, all my basketball brethren a little bit, having a football guy and, uh, you know, you're the athletic director, so obviously you love all sports, but, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about why I wanted you on the show, and and really it's about what you created over there, and I followed you, you know, I was a fan of yours when we were in Tomball together, but I followed your success, uh, particularly with your program, your kids, and really all the programs over there in Charger Nation, so... Take us a little bit through the the football season. Uh, great season, undefeated in the district. Um, I mean, kids are just just knocking it out of the park. But take us through it and um, your perspective on it after reflecting.
0: You know, this season was kind of one, an interesting one. You know, we actually went um, – when I first took a job three years ago, uh, we were a 5A D2 school with 1,600 kids in the high school. So we were a little smaller. And so when I came here, the – you know, there wasn't much tradition. The school been open four years. I think they won seven games previously, and so there was kind of this idea: of, okay, you have to kind of create something. You know, it's like starting new, but without being new. And so um, we came in that first year. I don't know how we made the playoffs. First time in school history. Uh, still don't know how we made the playoffs, but we did. Um, and the success kind of rode from there. And so the the, the next year we went eleven and two, and then this year. Um, we replaced nine of our eleven players on offense, and actually came out ten and zero in the regular season. Uh, believe it or not, fun statistic: uh, we weren't trailing the entire season except for the first minute and twelve seconds of the first game, uh, and that was, you know, that was something I. I mean, I, that's unheard of, right? So I, so my one of my assistants gave me that stat, and I was like, "Holy crap! Like that's unbelievable!" Um, but man, really, the, when you go back and you look at the season. You know, I got to ask this question about two days ago. What made it so great? You know, so we, you know, we aren't the most talented football team. Uh, we don't have any Division One athletes, and uh, the teams we play are loaded. With yes, Division I, athletes. Yeah, I mean,
1: talk a little bit about your district too. I mean, you're right; it's not a, a cupcake district by any stretch of the imagination.
0: No, no, no. So when I took so when I took this job, right, we went to that first season. I, we went to redistricting, right, and so I opened the folder redistrict meeting, and I'm telling you, I looked at Nikki Nelson, our, our uh, head athletic director, and I said. Um, I'm getting my letter of resignation. We got to roll into the SEC, you know. <laughs> so that first year, there were nine teams in our district. Seven of them had made the playoffs, and five had gone at least three rounds the year before. Um, and we were just a lowly team that had to get move, move our way up and uh, hopefully not get killed. Um, but you know, this year it was crazy. We so I, you know, we're putting stuff together for our kids. We'll talk about it later. But I, uh, I got together and I, I got my managers to put together a list of all the kids we played that have stars, right? Because we don't have any um, we don't have any kids with stars on our football team and so I wanted to find out and I want to show the kids that you know it doesn't take a great athlete you know it's just you buying in uh, to be successful and win and so we actually came up with the list and I mean it's pages and pages and pages it's uh, we we played 47 starred athletes and didn't lose to one of them and so it's you know for our kids it's really it's about a buy-in in our coaches, and so you go through the season, and, it, it, man, it was one of those seasons you just – you look back and go, man, that really happened. You know, we didn't even lose a game. Um, and so, I, you know, what, first time in my lifetime. Been undefeated so, right so let me ask
1: you this, and I know you do it because we all do it. At the beginning of the season, you're in there maybe with the coordinators, all right, what are we thinking? Nine, <laughs> nine, nine, nine two? Like, what was the number?
0: Are oh, You want to be honest with you? Yeah, I yeah, do. I thought we were going to be 5-5. Five and five. <laughs> I really did. I thought we were going to be 5-5. Five and five. And honestly, our guys did too because when we were replacing – we replaced every lineman. We replaced our quarterback. We replaced our receivers. And it's like, well, I mean, guys, what are we going to do? And spring ball was the worst. Coach, yeah. we could not get a positive yard on offense for two straight weeks. I was like, oh, Lord, this is going to be a long season.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. So let's talk about the job a little bit, right? Because obviously you've got um, assistant coaches. You've been an assistant coach. How did you know this was the right the right job? Right? You know, it, it's such a hard thing to, to gauge.
0: So I can tell you this. So I'm not a Texas guy, and that makes it hard as it is to be a head coach in Texas. Um, but really, you know, I think a lot of people, like they look for their first job to be the first one that takes them. And, you know, for me, I was lucky. I got to be a little selective. Um, but I look at three things, right? I look at... Uh, ability for growth, right? You need the ability for growth. You need yeah. the opportunity for people to come in. So that's one reason I took this place. Number two is support, right? Support from the top down, you know, the people you work with, your principal, um, your at main athletic director, yeah. your superintendents. I mean, yeah. you know, that. Yeah, that's absolutely. a huge, huge deal. And lastly, and I know this sounds terrible, but I don't want to take over a great football team. You know, I don't want to be the guy that has to replace Gary Joseph. Like, I feel bad for the guy who has to play Nick Saban, right? Yeah. You're the like guy after Nick Saban, Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's tough being the guy after the guy. There's no doubt. And, so that's, and you find a place where the expectations are a little lower that you know you have the potential to be better. And so those are the three things I looked at, and Fulcher checked off every list, right? Nice. And so so you,
1: you take the job. It's the right pick. How do you go about assembling the staff?
0: <laughs> that was a, that, Okay, so that was a different deal. Um, I was really lucky. So when I came in, I, you know, this place had kind of lost coaches already. And so when I came in, there were 15 guys on my staff, offensed for football-wise. And I only kept two. Oh, wow. Um, right. yeah, everybody else had kind of ran out and did better things. And so the first thing I found was, my first hire was, I need an O-line guy. I got to trust um, because I'm an O-line guy. I want to find some, I need to find somebody who's going to be my, my voice and the school and the community, the guy who's gonna he's gonna represent me, right? And I needed to find him. So I found him. He was actually at Klein High School. He's an O line guy. Um, one of the best O line coach I've been around. You know, he's you know he's hellfire and brimstone buddy and it's full go tilt all day long. You know, he's young, so got the energy. Um, then I found my I found my offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and the thing is what I look for is I look for three things. I look for character, right? Are you a good person? If you're a 40-year-old man. I can't teach you how to be a good dude. You know? So I need you to be a good person. You don't have to be perfect. I'm not perfect, right? I need you to have so I need you to be able, I need you to have connection. I need you to have a connection. Can you relate to kids? Because if you can't relate to kids, you're in the wrong business, and I can't teach you how to do How,
1: how do you judge that? You know, because likewise, right, as a principal or as a, a superintendent, you're always looking for, man, these, these folks talk a good game, but in, interacting with kids. like, What's your what's your methodology of kind of checking the box on that?
0: You know, I'll be honest with you, today's different, right? Social media. And so a lot of times, if a guy has a social media presence, what his players comment and respond to the things that he says, wow. says a lot about a guy because that means a kid went out of his way to respond to a grown man and thank him for something that he did and that was honestly how i found my first four guys that really? i was really like, yeah because i was I, got, I was reading replies and i was like these kids love this guy and to me like that's it you know like the connection is there this guy can relate to kids and so you know, I'm not asking you to have this huge social media presence, right? But if you say, but if you send something out and coach, thank you for everything, you know, you're, you're you know, you're the, you're the guy, Hey, to me, that's the world, right? What other people think the people that you're influencing, that's the, that's what you want. That's a, that's the champion behavior you're trying to create. And so that was a big one for me. And, and the other thing is this, I take every person that I go out for, I interviewed out to lunch or dinner. What do you ask and well, I see how they interact with everybody. How do they interact with the waiter? How do they interact with the staff? How do they interact with the people around them? Like that, I legitimately look and find, like that's how I judge people. I know it's crazy. No, it's not. I mean,
1: it's beautiful, yeah, because how they're going to treat strangers was, or how they're going to treat your kids, your parents, your, your
0: that's family. Right. Absolutely. I learned that from my dad. So my dad was, my dad's an immigrant from Argentina, okay? And so my father had to work his way up. And, and so when my father, he ended up being the president of a Fortune 500 company. And he used to tell me, you know, he would tell me that, you know, we, I would, he would take these, he would take people out to restaurants and judge them, how they treated people based on how he felt they would be fit in that community, in that role, in that building, in that system, in that that company. And so I just took it and be honest with you, it's pretty spot on. (laughs) It really is. So
1: let's talk about culture because that, that ties into where I want to go next. You you get the job and you have a vision of how you want to establish culture. And I, I really don't like the word culture because it's just thrown around like that. It's just not, hard work yeah, I, it, how, how we do our work. That's to me, if you're asking on culture this is how we go about our work every day when no one's looking and people can feel it when they walk in the door. That's, that's what all that means to me, but what was your vision for it? And what were some of your first steps to, to begin down that path?
0: You know, uh, you know, you say that, you know, and I'm lucky. I'm one of the lucky guys that I get to go around and speak about culture because I, you know, I flip programs. And really, it, you have to define it, right? Because it's a buzzword that's used. All oh, your culture is bad. Your culture is good. I mean, what is it? So for me, how I judge it, you know, and I, if I look in the dictionary, it's basically, you know, what are the social acceptable norms? What's the behavior? What's the common language? What's acceptable? What's unacceptable. Whatever. I look at it as when I walk into your classroom your field house, your weight room, your football field, your, your your home, what I see and what I hear, that is your culture. Not what you put on the wall, not what you tell me. When I see that you walk into that weight room beside me and I see those kids working, yes sir, no sir, and having a good time. I know you've built that culture because it is a consistent behavior that you've created. So when you, when we came in, it was okay, what do we have to do? And so, Number one, we had to find out what it was before, right? So you have to kind of get the vibe, the temperature, right? You get to feel yeah. the temperature of what it was before. What were the good things? What were the bad things? And so what I found really interesting was, was the small things that you normally don't think about were really a positive influence on some of the kids here. So we kind of kept those, you know, but for me, you know, building a culture is, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be created one way or another with conscious intent, or it's going to be created just. Naturally, and so you have to make a choice what's going to happen. All right. And so for us, we're very I'm very adamant I, I Treat the football program like a business plan, right? I have a business plan from the top down You know, this is how we're gonna do it. This is how we're gonna market it This is what our beliefs are. This is how we're gonna get there And so for me everything that we do it's you know, we define what we want, right? What do you want? Okay? I want this behavior. Don't be late. This is what it is. I'm gonna define it. So you know exactly what it means, right? The next thing we're going to do is we're going to teach it. You need to know everything that is what it is. You need to know how to do what we're asking you to do. The next thing is we have to live it, right? So we tell we have to show our kids how to live these behaviors. We as a as a coach or as as an administrator, as anybody else, you got to figure. Hey, if you want your kids to be on time, you better be on time, right? Because the people who lead your organization, their behavior. And the way that they are going to show the people beneath them, they have to champion the behavior they want. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's what we did. And so we teach it. So when we teach it, we live it, and we we live it within ourselves as coaches. And it's it's stupid stuff. I mean, when I tell you, it's stuff like you're gonna wear the, you're gonna wear a white shirt and black shorts in the off season. Here's why. This is what it looks like. This is why we're doing it. This is what it look. This is exactly what we need. Hey, by the way, coaches, you're doing the same thing. Right. So, I mean, it sounds terrible, but all of our coaches wear the same thing every day. And it has, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I'm saying if I'm asking my kids to do it, I'm going to ask my coaches to do it. And Then the last thing is, you know, we talk about it and that's, you know, we have to make sure that we, you know, we reward the behavior we want. So I'm not really, we don't really focus on the, on the, the negatives. I don't really punish kids for doing the wrong thing. I reward them for doing the right thing. And that has been the biggest influence of culture for us. So, you know, you've done a great job with the football team,
1: establishing culture, but leading an entire athletic department, how do you take the pieces that you want to instill that have worked well for football and, and get the other coaches and the other sports on board kind of marching in the same direction?
0: You know, that was kind of the big question is how do you do this, yeah. right? Like, because I'm not, I don't want to micromanage you as a coach. Like, sure. I hired you to do a job. And what I found was... I give you a roadmap, and I give you a plan, and I tell you, what this is what the expectations are, right? This is what I need from you. Whatever you need me to do, you let me know, and I will be there to support you. Um, but what I found was, some people really weren't on board, and they struggle with change, um, and, and you know how that is. And so for me, the, the, the answer was very simple. You know, I, I gave it a year, I tried to support, I, I, I gave everything I could, we try to create relationships. I'm a big relationship guy. And so we try to create relationships like so. I, I literally cook for every coach in our school like three times a year. Like, yeah, you know, no, I house follow house. you. I'm like, man, what,
1: what's, how does this guy got time to be grilling stuff up, man? What's going on? Right, but there?
0: that's it. Like we, like, but that's if I if I want my people to believe in love on me, I'm Italian, brother. I gotta. We break bread. That's what we do. <laughs> we break bread, and so you know that's really what it, and that what it was. But after about a year, I, you give them a year, and then you kind of give them that, hey, expectations. And it finally got to the point. I'll be really honest with you. It it came to a head. Yeah. And we said, it always always does. Hey, we're at December. It's been a year. We have a problem. Mm -hmm. Either you get on board or I'm going to suck the life out of you and you're going to leave. You have a choice. I'll be more than happy to help you go somewhere, but you do not fit. You are not one of us. And when I, so since I've been here, it's been all probably three years and two months. Um, we have two head coaches on this staff that are left. Everybody else is new. And I've got to be able to hire the people that I believe in that have high character that, are, that can connect with kids. And now that we've done these things, those sports have taken off because it's a whole program. You know, it's, it's an athletic program. It's a, I tell people every day, this is a really fun statistic. At Folshire High School for the past two years, not one team sport has not been to the second round at least.
1: That's ridiculous. Say that one more time, coach. That is ridiculous. That's a ridiculous
0: stat. Yeah. So in the past two years, not one team sports at Fulcher High School has not been to the second round, at least. We've had multiple regional finals and state state champions. Um, We're successful top to bottom and success breeds success. We believe it.
1: A question about coaches, right? What is the hardest thing for a coach to unlearn? You come in you're trying to establish a culture, even if it's if it's a veteran coach, if it's a new coach. What do you, what's the, the biggest struggle?
0: That's what we've always done. It's <laughs> universal, I, isn't it? It's just universal. It, man, I'm telling you, and it's you know what I found is the hardest thing. Negativity. Yeah. Toward kids, you know, I you know, so when I, every year we come together as a staff, and, and I make the other sports do it as well. We come together as a staff, as coaches first, and we say, so we did it about a week ago. All right, let's get on the board. Give me every reason we're not gonna win next year. Every reason. I don't care if it's something you can control, something you can't, and you'd be amazed. I mean, we come up with lists. First year, the list was real long. <laughs> <laughs> but you come up with these lists, and you know, one of the one of the coaches said something that really struck me. It's easy to fall into the negative mindset Right, that oh, I wish we had this, and all oh, we don't have that, and you know, I he put up there and he said, he said, uh, what was it? He said, how did he word it? It was something along the lines of unfair criticism of kids. That was that was one of the reasons we're not going to win. You know, you catch yourself saying, well, he's just not very freaking good. Yeah, you know, or oh, he's you know, or, you know, we just don't, we're just not fast. And it becomes that negative, and kind of it's a vibe, and it's something you have. Positive culture is hard to maintain at a consistent level, right? It's like I tell guys, you go in the waiting room the first month of off season, you got dudes with Monster Energy drinks, and they're excited, they're crunk, and then you know a month later, you see them on the side of the, on the corner of this weight room on their phone, and it's kind of worn off. Yeah. And so being consistent with it is the hardest, and so that's the biggest thing for me is finding that that reason of hey you cannot be so negative and you've got to force yourself to be positive
1: so when you're when you're working with your coaches and your staff whether they be brand new hires or, or veterans that have been with you how do you determine when to release some of the control right to, to allow them empower them to, to guide or be take more control of whether it's the offense the defense the workouts or how things are done what's your measure for that what's your gauge
0: So really interestingly enough, the first thing I do is I ask them. You know, we have meetings, just like anybody else. You have those meetings, those conversations about, you know, this is, you know, whatever it might be. So you get to know those guys and you get to know the coaches and say, what is your aspirations, what is your goal? And so, you know, most of them, I want to be a head coach, I want to be whatever. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. I am going to give you something, something small, right? It might be like, if you're a new coach, I'm gonna give you the equipment and it may, it's not a shot. I'm gonna give you something that you have complete control over and whatever I need to do to help you get the job done, you let me know. And so I'm here to support you. So what I've done with all of our coaches is I have you know the coaching responsibility tree. The one thing I learned, and I learned this from Kevin Flanagan because really honestly I had to do this, delegation. Like, okay, Coach Jones, you are the elementary liaison this is my expectations i need you to meet them i want you to put your stamp on it do what you need to do and at the end of the day if you need something for me to make anything happen you come get come to me but i'm not going to step on your toes i just need you to let me know what's going on and so those guys feel that ownership right and they get and they, they blow up with it and they go they go out and they explore and they learn how to do things but they learn how to do the things you normally don't do that you the way it teaches you right how to how to communicate with those principles, how to book a bus, how to get the funder, how to get the money moved over so that you can get the bus. And I give them that opportunity. And as they as they progress through those small things, I give them more. And when they get to a point, I say, okay, you're ready. This time now I've seen you be successful in the things I've given you. Let's move on to the next one. And so that's our way.
1: So typically in the in the locker rooms you've been in, which coach, which position coaches are usually the smartest? <laughs> if, you had to pick, if you had to pick one, is it the O.C. the DCs? You got to <laughs> pick one. Which group? On the whole, not talking about Fuller, but just on the whole.
0: On the whole, the smartest ones, true story, are usually the O line coaches. <laughs> Why is that? Because I was an O line coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh. no, honestly, honestly you no, know, to me, it usually is because it's the guy that has to know more and do more. Now, they may not know the vast majority of the information that's going on, but they're usually the ones that are sharpest about what they do. Um, and that's, that's what I have always found. At least that's what I've hired or been around.
1: What's the interaction? Like, I've always wanted to ask this question. When you're starting a new season and you're, you're thinking about, think hey, we need to switch up our offense or switch up our defense. What's the process to do that?
0: Well, it depends on who's your offense or defense coordinator, right? So, like, right. for me, I call the offense still. I don't trust people. My, not yet. You know, if, so there's, if, some, if, if something screws up, it's on you. My fault, right? And then I, and if something goes wrong, I just look up at the booth like. <laughs> 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 but, no, it, you know, really, it, it goes back to, like, you have to look at what you have. Like, who do you have? It's high school football. I'm sorry, but I'm not one of the elites that get to recruit everybody. You don't know what you have so you have to make plans for that and you don't really and for us we don't change what we do we just change how we do it so give you a great example so my last year at tomball we were predominantly a four or five wide empty team and we ran the quarterback a lot um my first year at tomball we threw the ball 65 percent of the time um here uh this year we were 35 percent double tight straight t 11 guys in the box everybody in three-point stance wow but that's just who we had. Like, those are the kids that I have. Right. And so you have to get, if you get, if you hire coaches that are bought into you, then those coaches are going to buy into the fact of what you're trying to sell them and help them understand, make them understand, this is about us. Like, we're trying to win here. What do we need to do to win? Sure. And sometimes, and you know as well as I do, when you're leading men, sometimes you have to make them feel like it's their idea. Oh, uh, well, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. That's, that's 90% of the battle. I mean, you know, thinking of thinking of back in my young days of uh, how many people probably did that just so I felt like, OK, I, at least I got my voice out. Wow. There. Like, yeah, I, I, we wanted to shoot a three and I'm wanting to lay up to the post guy. And uh, so yeah, I, I know exactly how that goes. I was I'm always fascinated with the young coaches because I, I know I was the same, you know, thinking you're ready before you're ready or when are you ready? How do you coach your young coaches on when they're ready? What? What advice do you give them? How do you go about? Hey, they—they, they, I'm gonna apply for this job and and talk them through that process because sometimes we're just over eager, right? We just we want the job before we know if we're ready for
0: it. I mean, you're probably the same as me. You thought you were ready before you're ready. 100 percent, right? I knew it all. I got all the answers. You know, for me, it really is. I find guys that are in those boats because I was that guy, you know. And, and I want that hungry man. I want that hungry young man. And so. Even so, and I give you an example. So, like on our staff, so I'm 40, and I'm the second oldest guy on my staff. So, I mean, we're young, Yeah, right?
1: Real young. And,
0: yeah, and I have the kids table. We call it the kids table. I have four coaches that are under the age of
1: 25.
0: Oh wow! Okay. Trust uh, me, it's like babysitting. I asked the other day. I was like, "Have you seen Dumb and Dumber?" You no. Know, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, and so, but you know, but it. You have, to, you have to feed into the idea that they know what they're doing and you have to guide them. So when you talk about how do you know when the guy's ready and how do you kind of handle that situation, it goes down to, I'm gonna give you scenarios to be in, I'm gonna put you in those scenarios. Like I have young coaches that call freshman offense or JVB offense and I watch them and I sit with them and I'll watch them succeed or fail and, and I'll just look at them and you know, the guys that I, that they'll kind of look at me and they're like, what do you think? And I was like, well, what do you think? And I try to talk and walk them through it. And then after the game, we'll meet and talk and say, you got yourself in a situation. Yes. Well, how did you get out of it? Yes. Okay. What can we do to better ourselves and get ourselves ready for the next situation, right? What'd you learn? And I make them write it down. I truly do. I make them write it down. Like I make all of our young coaches have like little journals and i make them write down a situation that got put in how they got out of it and what they learned from it no i, I know that. it sounds cliche and ridiculous no it doesn't i mean that's
1: an excellent practice that's all we often overlook that we all nod our heads like we would get it and then two weeks ago about you like what what was that forget yeah. about it, right yeah. or
0: you romanticize the story oh right? wow. I mean, that's no times, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right but yeah. it's in paper, it's on paper. oh well, i guess it really wasn't the way i said it was <laughs> but it's it's helped our guys i you know i i you know, I used to do that with Kevin, with Flanagan and Tomball. I would do it all the time. And, you know, I'd write down these little situations. I'm like, I can't get stuck like this again. I'm never going like, to do this again. Right. I, this, this was bad. And so I tell them, I said, when you, when we stop having those conversations, that's when, you know, you're ready.
1: When, if you're advising a coach, right, they're going to apply for the job and, and you feel like they're ready, but neither of you know much about the district, the, the you know, the students, you've tried to do the best research you can. What's the advice you give them like, hey, go find these things out before you apply for the job? Is there any specific advice?
0: As a football coach?
1: Yes. Well, they're an athletic director and the football coach, and and you can't find out a lot about the the job.
0: Socioeconomic status. Okay. Diversity. Okay. Growth rate. Longevity of support system of administration. So what is that? Like,
1: explain that a little bit
0: how long that those administrators have been there and have they been moved around or they've been there forever. Cause I can tell you if they're wanting change or not. And that's what I usually tell them. Like you have to do your research and understand. And the other thing I tell them is this, go visit. Can you live there? Yeah. Go eat at a restaurant. Is this a place that you like? Because at the end of the day, it's quality of life, man. That's why I'll never go back to college football. It's quality of life.
1: I mean, that's great advice particularly the the can you live there and and you know truth be told i probably didn't do enough research on the outset of my first superintendent job of thinking through a lot of the things you just mentioned i was i was hungry i wanted the first you know I, I was hungry i wanted to get get that get that job get that goal and skipped over some of those things um, because i was excited and I you know i wanted to change the world still do want to change the world but a little bit wiser now after you learn how uh,
0: Yeah, that ain't for me. (laughs) I
1: I got, no, it's not. Man, I got, there's different, I have to take into consideration some other things, right? And I can't, you know, the the hard lesson for me was I can't, everybody is not going to be on board, no matter how good it is for kids. Right. No matter how much sense it makes, there are things, it's easier to stay the same.
0: Change is hard and self-preservation is real.
1: Oh, man, It is. And as soon as you uh, rattle that cage and people understand that there's a different uh, lens about you know, the accountability of what we're producing for kids, uh, it's it becomes a rocky ship. There is no doubt about that. It
0: does. And you know what I find interesting is that, you know, and it's always the new. I'm sure it's in the superintendent world as well. I actually just had lunch with the superintendent today. And it's one of those things where, you know, everyone is always it's that new new right everybody wants to join the new new and they went oh this job's open why is that a better job do i want to be there do i want to work through that first year and a half of absolute grind to change because you know as well as i do you want to change things you got to be there and you got to grind and you got to work and you got to show face and you got you got to have hard conversations and you got to have thick skin and Are you ready for it? Absolutely. Because it ain't always, hey, it ain't sunshine and rainbows after that first 30 days, you know, and I remember how hard it was to change this place around. And I remember the work,
1: man. Yeah, (laughs) no. And and I want your perspective on something. So, you know, you hear a lot about work life balance and you have to have, you know, there's there's this balance that you have to create. uh, And I've never truly bought into that. And I'll tell you why. And I want your thoughts rarely do you see successful people that have this this 50-50 balance i don't know of anybody that does it there's always sacrifice there's always a price to pay and i I try to tell people that you know ask me for advice it's more of a teeter-totter right there's times when you are 24 hours a day and your family's taking a big part of that sacrifice and then there's times where you've got to ramp down and really put in the time at home and, and that's kind of ebb and flow with, with the work and with with the jobs and, and where you are and the need of the students. Um, I've just never really believed that that was a, oh, well, we can, you know, you can, you can be great in the top of your game, top of your sector and not have to have any sacrifice and say, okay, well, we're just going to work four days a week. I just haven't found that to be true. And, and I want your thoughts on that.
0: Unless you're just God bless my friend. Well, well, Yeah,
1: but even the best, yeah, right? I even know. like MJ was a, you know, Michael Jordan, he was, a, he was crazy about. Oh,
0: here's what you have to look at. Go back and look at every truly successful person in their field and look at their personal life. Yeah. Most of them are disasters. Oh, right? yeah. i be honest with you. Like Bill Gates, he's so great. Well, his wife just divorced him. Jim Bezos, right? Like, okay, Jeff Bezos. Well, congratulations. <laughs> you know but it, that's really a true statement and, and there is no balance you for me. And I've learned this as I've gone on and I've become like, I've gotten older and I've started to learn these things. Like you find those times and you steal those minutes one way or the other. So for me, like when I came here, okay. So I'll give you an interesting, interesting fact. So my college roommate was Dan Right. Really? Yep. And so the opportunity to go back to college has been there every year. And every year I get tempted. And when, So when, when do you start getting the itch? Tell me when. Uh, every year around this time because it's the <laughs> championship and it's AFCA. It's the convention. And he calls. Oh, God, he calls. And then, I'll, But, I'm, but I've, been, I've built relationships with college coaches all over the country. And they'll call. And they know I'm good at what I do. I can recruit Houston and I'm a commodity. And so for me, I'm not going to go back. And here's why. Because I'm not a number two, I struggle with it. And the fact that I can create my own environment. And so for me, like I give you an example of how I balance that life, I'm still gonna work, but my kids are gonna be here, right? So after school every day, guess who shows up up to my school and hangs out in my office, my (laughs) kids. I'm spending time with my kids, but you're doing what I'm doing. You're gonna grow up in a field house, sorry. Yeah. You know, this is what, this is what feeds you. This is what feeds you. This is why I'm good at what I do because I'm putting that work in. You're just going to be here for it. You know, you know, my, my position coaches I, during the season, we don't come in. I don't make the kids come in on Saturdays, but my coordinators come in and I come in. My kids come in. My daughter goes and walk, plays soccer at nine o'clock. Tell my coordinators I'll be back at 10. I'm going to go watch my daughter play. And I bring my butt right back to work and I get back to work. But for me, if you're a you position coach and that's not the life you want, That's fine. You don't need to be there. You don't need to have this life, but for me, I'm going to work. I'm going to make sure I get things done the way I want to get done. And I'm a grinder. Like I'm a worker. And so I think you're right. I think the teeter totter analogy is about as good as it gets because sometimes you're spending more time here and sometimes you're spending more time here. For me, I call it stealing minutes. How can I steal minutes with my kids? How can I steal minutes with my wife? How can I steal minutes with the kids in the program? Right. And how can I make them work together? And so I sacrifice is real. Yeah. But at the you,
1: time, you, you figure it out. You figure it out. Um, but no, I love that. that that's you, you still in minutes. That's a great perspective in, in how to look at it. I mean, that's I like that. I like, like that better than totter. Actually, um, you know, talking about your kids and, and your coaches. Give me some kids to watch. Right. For the audience. Like who, who needs to be on the radar for next year?
0: Just in general in Houston or just my school? No, your kids, the the, the Chargers. So at my school, basically, we've uh, you know, we got some kids. I've got an incoming freshman. Uh, his name is Michael Brown. He possibly will be the first generational Division One kid here uh, that's come through. So here's something really interesting about Fulcher. Fulcher's had talent. They've left. Jalen Milrow is a Fulcher kid. Really? His sister actually runs track for me. He works out on the field all the time. Yeah. Like those, that's a kid that went to Fulcher. Um, there's a kid, uh, Cookie is his name, went to Texas and TCU, plays for the Jaguars, now plays corner. Fulcher kid, never finished. They all leave. Um, I, have, I, have, I have a D lineman named Sheldon Rice who has uh, nine offers now. He's a he's a stud. Uh, definitely someone you probably need to keep your eye out for, for sure. Um, I've got a safety named Ahiman Idiale. A uh, Nigerian kid who's never played football until this year um picked up his first offer as a junior. Uh, plays free safety, just naturally exactly. Yeah, just I mean like 90 foot long arms, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hello, coach, how are you? Yeah, I'm great, yeah. Hey Heeman, I'm doing good, buddy. <laughs> um but really what's interesting about us is we don't have those kids. I got we don't have five-star athletes. What we do, if you want to watch Fulcher football, what you're gonna get is you're gonna get you're gonna get an offensive line that is just mean and dirty. You're gonna get a fullback who has blonde hair down to his butt named Zane. We call him Thor, and he's probably the nastiest human being on this side of Houston. <laughs> um, he actually, he has actually numb He put a kid into the track against one team. Put a kid into the stadium against another team. You mean he plays? He's playing defense, playing both ways. Or he plays just plays fullback <laughs> and blocks somebody. To the stadium wall oh wow okay okay and so he was a, his so his older brother played for us his name was Seth. so i had the smith brothers and they're the epitome of dumb football players like they have nick rolls or white kids are just and they're yucked up you know and they're like but like their name is zane and seth and literally they're the bash brothers from the mighty ducks that's really what they feel like you know and so but like zane is zane was our district utility player of the year because. He's also our backup quarterback, but he's just one of the best football players you'll see because he's fun to watch. Our kids are just mean, man, and it's fun to watch. What
1: do you – what's the approach when you get so far in the playoffs, right, and you – on paper, the opponent is just loaded. Um, You know, and I'm a a North Shore grad, right, so we've had some success. Yeah, (laughs) being on the sideline at a North Shore football game, you're looking like that's a different caliber of kid, right? (laughs) Uh, so, but I'm curious to know, is your, your approach and how do you, number one, how do you approach it internally for yourself? And then how do you come up with the message, the intent, the week of
0: practice? What's your process? So the majority of these games we played this year, uh, they're more talented than us. Like we played Manville, right? Man yeah. had nine power, five football players. Like there's no reason we should have won that game. And we won it two years in a row. And the idea is. I don't watch film on them. I don't, the kids don't watch film on them. I don't let them um, because I tell them. Well, it's not why
1: like, you, you just you're killing you're killing my argument to my to my basketball kids. So why why not? I want to know the. the well, kid.
0: I watch the film, but <laughs> here's the reason: because what are those kids going to see? Yeah, they're going to see their Shock and awe, right? Yeah. And so now there becomes a time when your kids are bought in and understand, then you can show it the film because they don't care anymore. But, but my my emphasis and my my press is. Focus on us. Let's worry about us. You control what you do. Screw them. <laughs> you know, and so that's the idea. And then it goes back to, you know, I'm love the underdog story, right? We can be the underdog, you know. And so, for me, you can just hammer that home. And you know, these guys don't think anything of you, and da 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 da. And but the other thing is, I this is no lie. We don't even let our kids look backwards during warmups. Don't look back there. Don't even look. Who cares? Don't even look. And so, and I think the last thing is this. Leadership is reflected in the attitude of the team, right? I think that was the, what did the, remember the remember the Titans, you know, attitude reflect leadership captain, you know, but it's true because as a coach, as an administrator, as, as a principal, whatever it might be, like you are, your kids are a reflection of you if you've built a relationship with them. And so I'm, let's, I mean, let's get real. Here's something funny for you, and, I'm, and this will kind of run down to that story. So we give, our coaches give a 10-minute talk every day. It's kind of our character building, kind of our talk with our kids during the athletic period every day as we rotate through our progress and our, pro, and our programs and off-season. My O-line coach, you know, they talk about our four beliefs, right? And our four beliefs are uni- we're uni- united, unified, unique, and unlikable. Okay. And yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. We have, because we have to find something. Remember, I told you the business plan. you got to market something. That's right. And that's our market. You got to find an edge. We're the villain and we're okay with it.
1: Hey, that's the shirt. That's, I came up with this shirt. Embrace the villain. Like be the spoiler. Be like, I yes. love playing on the road more than home. I wanted to go play on there. I loved when the taunts Like, I love that. And that's why, you know, I love players like Jimmy Butler and just, that are just killers and and, want to go spoil everybody's good time. I love
0: it. The villain is fun. So, how I teach those kids is we showed them like Batman and when he's fighting Bane. And I'm like, how many of you really like Batman? (laughs) How many like Bane? They're like, oh, Coach Bane's cool. Yeah, we're Bane. Just a better ending. (laughs) But you're the villain. And so, what my. When my coach, my old line coach, did, he was doing unlikable. And so he actually went around and pulled 30 coaches in the Houston area and said, Tell me why you don't like us. Why do you not like Folsher? And the number one reason, me. Really? And, and they said, it's not because we don't like him, but that's why people don't like that's why people don't like Folsher is me. Because and, and the reasons given were one, I'm not a Texas guy and it pisses a lot of people off. Two, I'm arrogant and I'm cocky and I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm a social media like guy. I'm, 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 a, I'm willing to look like an idiot on social media to make my kids get more publicity. Right. And that pisses people off, especially the old heads. you know. and, and lastly, they don't like the fact that I am extremely, uh, confident in myself and, but that rubs off on my kids. That is you know, that reputation was given to me. And I'm just like, okay, let's own it and let's run with it. Let's have fun with this. So I tell the kids, hey, they're going to hate me. They hate you. So you might as well enjoy it. I love it. I love it. I love that, how
1: you're using that to the advantage of your kids. That That's, I, I love that. That's awesome, Coach. I love it.
0: something different, man.
1: No, I, hey, but that's that's why I wanted to, that's why I wanted you to be my first guest because I wanted to see how you're doing this. And, and when people are having success, we're, normally success is not expected or hasn't happened, then there's something there to right. tap into. Um, give me a coach to watch. Somebody on your staff
0: that's going to be the next good one. My defensive coordinator will be a head coach very soon. His name is Jared Sloan. Jared was uh, the defensive coordinator at George Ranch back in the day when they were in the state title. Um, he is going to be a uh, head coach the next year or two. Uh, he was a head coach at Harden Jefferson and Rice Consolidated. And I think coming here was good for him because he—it was good for me because I mean I let's get real—I know my strengths. I am not the most organized person in the world, if you couldn't tell by looking in the back of my office, you know. But he's super organized. He's super on point. He's on time. Like he's like, and it bugs him to death that I am fly by the seat of my pants. Hey, this is what we're doing today, boys. Let's have some fun, you know. And but it was good for him to kind of have to deal with that. And it was good for me to have somebody help me become a little more organized. But he's a rock star. Um, absolute rock star. And to be honest with you, Coach, every – I will say this. I've been here. This is my third season. And I have a feeling I will lose about three or four more coaches to coordinator or head coach roles. So I've lost seven, eight coaches now. And all eight coaches were position coaches that became coordinators or coordinators that became head coaches.
1: How important is that to you that your tree is flourishing, right? Because a lot, a lot of – and I've been a part of these – a part of teams where they'd rather do everything to keep you because of the work that you do is instead of get you your goal uh, because it's easier for them so how important is it
0: for you that your your tree is flourishing if i am not growing you as a coach and as a man i'm failing you yeah. um and so my goal is i tell him i said if your aspirations are to be a coordinator to be a head coach. If you're worth, if you're with me more than four years, we're doing something wrong. Um, I say, like, you know, I told them, and my whole goal is, and I tell them when I hire them, use me, I, use my coattails, use popu- I'm I'm a popular coach in Houston. Use my popularity and propel yourself into what the role that you want to be in, and how can I help you? That's kind of the whole thing of me giving them the ownership to those responsibilities. Because when I give them that that chance happens, I want them to be ready. You know, I've worked for guys like you said who. know they do everything and and when these guys get jobs like they have no clue how to do a budget they have no clue how to
1: you know
0: how to how to even go to a board meeting they have no clue what it means and so for me it's you know kevin gave me a lot of leeway at at tomball he really did and to be honest with you it was the best thing i ever did because i had to learn how to do stuff yeah and you know i i push my guys i want them out the door you know if i think you're ready i want you out the door go go get a job go get your job yeah go get your job and I'm the first one to call for somebody because people called for me and it made me rise in my career.
1: Let's talk a little bit fun. So obviously I follow you on social media. Who comes up with the events? Who comes up with – because the time that I saw Coach peddling his bicycle and and the other (laughs) coach on the skateboard, like I'm thinking this thing goes several ways with the principal (laughs) and the superintendent. Well, I'm dying laughing. I'm like,
0: somebody had to come up with that. (sighs) So okay so again my half my half my coaches are young right they're like 25 you know 30 max and so we came up with these ideas so a lot of the videos we did that we did like skits um, they came off of they came off of uh, spirit days that we had and it was our it was our reason to dress like idiots and act like idiots so we would come up with a skit that would had to do with that dress up, like the American day right we came up with the whole Napoleon Dynamite American flag skit right break the wrist and walk away you know. But it's about, you know, for us, it was like, okay, when they hired me, you know, the AD that was here, she's not here anymore. Um, when she hired me, she said, I need you to do three things for me. And one of them was, I need you to not be a typical high school football coach. Yeah. And I said, you hired the right man. I can do this. <laughs> and so, and I told the line, I do. Oh God, I told the line. <laughs> So but,
1: w- w- the principal though, like, is there ever a time when he's just like, or he or she, I don't, I don't even know your, but are they just shaking their
0: head and like, oh, here we go? <laughs> I have been blessed, man. I really have. My, so my principals are pretty on board. Um, awesome. As long as I don't do something stupid, right? But they, because they know that at the end of the day, I'm creating a positive image for our school, right? And you know, and so I think they also like that our that people want to be a part of it and so people are coming here like we're one of the few schools that doesn't have a hard time finding coaches yeah we don't because people want to work here
1: 100 um, that's why i wanted yeah. to interview because i wanted to know I, I was curious i like something's going on here and they're, they're having way too much fun for that's me not heck. to ask what's going on
0: at the end of the day this job is too stressful and people are too much to not go have fun in ourselves right like how many times like, for my job, and, and this is a struggle, how many people think they can do my job better than me? Oh, yeah. Her- every, everybody, you know, everybody stands, everybody. <laughs> everybody. And I'm not going to change your opinion. So, you know what? <laughs> Screw it. I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. You know, and, but it also goes on to the football field. I don't kick PATs. I always go for two. I don't pump the ball. I kick on side every time. I drink coffee on the sidelines when I coach. We have a coffee bar and a hot chocolate bar on the sidelines shut up Swear to you so like we get so if it's a cold game like no lie to you like our managers will hand out hot chocolate people in the stands and like our our coach we drink hot chocolate while we talk like i'm being serious but it's (laughs) you know but it's this image and this idea like we're we're not going to do what people normally do like our our coaches shirts are the nwo
1: I love, oh you see my wrestling belt uh, you know, oh, I know that like, and,
0: like we're the nwo and so like next year the guy's like we need to be Generation f <laughs> i was like yes <laughs> but it's fun and it's exciting and the kids like being a part of it right and so you know for me it's not about me it's not about my you know how i feel and it's not if you're a 50 year old head coach who cares what you think are those kids having fun like I hire a filmographer to film everything we do. I fire photographer, hire photographers, you know, we'll do those things, but we're still going to do things the right way, but we're not going to do them the way everybody else does. Them. What type of pushback do you get
1: sometimes from, from internally, from, from some of your assistants, right? Uh, oh, coach, man, I don't know. Like, uh, Is there, cause obviously you're right. I, it's hard to be a number two. That's one of the things that, um, was hard for me coming up. I, I always wanted to do it my way as fast as I wanted to do, but I right. I was smart enough to recognize I got to have somebody that's going to balance this out or else, you know, I'll help I,
0: you, have Well, you have to have that other voice. <laughs> so- <laughs> I have, I have two guys in the staff that will look at me closed door and say, dude, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. okay. All right, you're right. I probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, it makes
1: me feel better. Yeah, you've got to have at least a
0: couple of those people. Because, I mean, I'm that guy. Bro. I'll take it as far as I have to. Yeah. You know? It, but it's, you know, it's really funny because, you know, you've got guys, you know, I've had guys on our staff that, you know, they'll, like, a lot of them, most, I'd say 99% of the guys on my staff are bought in. And so that's what I think makes this place different. You know, this is the only place I've ever been where after a game, all 15 of the coaches go out and drink beer together, all of us. And brother, we got every type race, we got every gender. I've got a female coach, and we all go drink beer together. We have a great time, you know. And, and but at the end of the day, we we know that we're doing we're doing the best we can for kids, and they know at the end of the at the end of the at the end of it all, I want these kids to have a great experience, and they know that, and so that's why they're bought into that. And it helps when you're successful. 100%. I mean, let's get real. But I've been pretty successful, pretty successful with the things that I've done, and it's easy to people to buy into that. Um, you know, I think the pushback more or less comes from the community. Some of the old heads in the community. Sure. You know, like we call ourselves the Dirty F. Yes. But it, it, there was a story behind it, and it was kind of the it was the rallying cry, and so. You know, I'll give you a quick rundown on it. You know, I've had people tell me, oh, it makes us look so bad and cheap and blah, 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 I'm like, guys, that's because that's what you want it to look like. So what happened was we split from Foster High School in 2016 here, I think, 16, 17. And Foster and Fulcher, two Fs. So if you know anything about Houston sports, you know Foster High School is unbelievably talented. Yes. Yes. And so when we opened, we were the loser and lost in everything. You were the Danny
1: De- DeVito of the twins.
0: I, that's right. Yes. Yeah. yes. We were the ugly short one, you know, and so we we did it and we went in and had a great time doing it. So, but like, I'm kind of getting this vibe here when I first got here. And so we had a Vibe shoot on our field um, and Foster was here and, and whatever, and I remember because they were sitting there, and one of the foster kids started talking noise to one of our kids, and he was like, "Man, you're always going to be the other side of the tracks. Y'all suck." It's like, "Man, we're the real f." You know, he's joking around, and I was like, "Oh no, this is it, buddy. I found my I found my rally cry." And I walked up there, I was like, "Yeah, you're right, dog. We are the, the dirty f. We're the dirty side of town. We'll see you next year." And the kid looked at me, and I was like, "Dirty f. Roll on," and it just took off, and so that's where it came from. And so I actually had to go on social media and legitimately post a very well written, by the way, uh, memo about what it meant. And a lot of people really enjoyed it, but there are still some people that don't like it. Uh, you know, and there's some, there's like volleyball, she fought it, right? And she, But she's a winner. Like I can, Zimmerman's amazing. She's been, she's won two state titles, been to the final four, three times. And so what she found was, her girls bought into it and she's like, okay, you're right. It's a thing. And so it became a thing with her too. When people buy into something, as long as you sell it and you can prove why you're doing it, people will love it. Yep. Yep. It, you know,
1: if you can get over the hurdle of what, all, what we've always done, that that is the, if you can get get enough momentum, get enough people on the team to push through that initial just resistance man that there's a threshold there and uh, you know I wish I could have pushed a little harder a little sooner did a lot of things differently uh, but in the end of the day there's times when it, it, you're not gonna it's a bad fit uh, you gotta people have got to want certain things whether that's success or the work or, or whatever it is man so uh, I couldn't be more I mean this I'm, I'm so glad that uh, you know, that you're, you're my first guest because I knew this, I knew something was going on and I didn't get to spend enough time with you at Tomball, um, right. to, to really learn who you are and what you're about. And, but something said, ah, that's my first guess. Something's going on over there. Cause this doesn't make sense. There shouldn't be winning these games. Like this is not.
0: Oh, we shouldn't have been trying not be.
1: Cause I know, I know just as well as I'm like, Dude, did he get a bunch of transfers? Like what is going on over there? Because I, oh, I looked at we it, buddy. We
0: were bad. <laughs> I mean, but it's been fun, man. And I'm really, I'm glad you did. I I, I love doing this stuff. And I, I love just talking about I love talking about this place and these kids, man. It's a great place. And you know, it's the it, places like this and and, and and coaches' offices that we have here, it doesn't happen all the time. And this is a special, special moment that I'm gonna to have to learn to treasure because it's not always like this. Um, you know, when everybody's on the same page and everyone, everyone really loves each other. Like, if I could call any one of my coaches and say, "Hey, man, I got a flat tire. Can you help me out?" and they'd all come, every one of them. And I couldn't say that ever, ever been. And I know how, I know how special that is. I just, I feel bad for the young bucks on my staff that this is all they know.
1: You get spoiled, is- man. Talk about being being at North Shore as a high school,
0: uh, yeah, losing right. eight
1: games total in, in four years, and then going to college and playing, you know, first round draft picks, and being like
0: I, I never lost like this. You're yeah, right, yeah. man. That's a well, that's a culture shock. Here's a stat that I got today. Since I've taken over this program, freshman, sophomore, our freshman, JV, and varsity football, in three years, we are 77 and 15. Okay. And like I, I, got that, I got that, and I was like, we're what? <laughs> you know, I, I knew we won some games, but we're what? And, but it's a product of, let me explain this to you. We're the fastest growing school in the state right now, okay? I have kids that come here to play football that leave because our kids will look at them and say, Coach, they're not one of us. Yeah. They ain't gonna make it. They can tell kids can tell quicker than anything in this world about
1: who is real and who isn't. Whether it be adults and Our
0: kids, and our kids run the show, buddy. Um, they know the expectation, and I mean, it's coach. I, you know, I've got I got a kid right now that left. Kind of, let's come back. I got my captains group and said, "You guys got it. You you tell me what you want to do. We'll do it." Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they take care of business.
1: So, Last question. I'll let you go because I know you're you're busy. Um, I want you to react to a quote from Michael Jordan that I just absolutely love. Um, It was from The Last Dance and and tell me your reaction to it. You know, he said, uh, winning has a price and leadership has a price. I pushed people when they didn't wanna be pushed, pulled them when they didn't wanna be pulled because that's what it took to win.
0: God, that is so true. In a role of leadership, you're not here to make friends. You're here to put people where they wanna be, and sometimes they don't want to do the things they have to do. And your job is to lead them there. And let me tell you something, you'll lose friends and you got to have thick skin and you got to be able to deal with the criticism. But at the end of the day, if you believe in what you're doing and you get them to believe in it, it's worth it, man. That's awesome.
1: Coach Nick Caduti from the Fullster Dirty F, the Chargers man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me. And, um, uh, we got to do this again because i got so many other questions sorry i took you so you know i took you off track there but i just kept coming up with Uh, i really want to ask this stuff like because i've I've always wondered i know what basketball is like but i have no clue what football is like man yeah it it is and but it's a different perspective dude the the thing you said about social media i'm i'm kind of pissed off that I i didn't think of that like to look and see what responses look like and see how they're like that's a yeah i mean why would that that's a that's a
0: it's a new age world, man. It that is. Sounds- and
1: if you don't embrace that and you're just like, well, we're not going to do, you know, and I, I, you know, I give credit to Dr. Z because when I got to Tomball, I didn't want to be, I didn't, I was like, look, I got a lot, of, I got work to do. I'm not trying to be on Twitter and do all this stuff. She said, hey, yes, you are, because we're going to show.
0: Very successful.
1: And 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 she's my, my, my friend, my buddy, my mentor. And obviously they are highly successful, but she's the one that said, rethink what you're, how, how you're perceiving this. And I want you to make some steps. And she was a hundred percent right. Uh, and I never looked back, but you're right, man. You got to embrace it. You got to leverage it. It's where the kids live. And I, I think coaches are, are foolish not to leverage it for everything it can be. So that's right. You're awesome, man. Coach, before I let you go, is there any shout outs, you got any socials you want to, you want to highlight right here?
0: Yeah. Um. So I'm a big Twitter guy. Right. And so it's one of those things we talk about. It's it's a big deal. So uh, at Coach Kaduti and, and so really, if you get on there, I mean, give me a follow. Uh, you know, it's it's, it's always fun, I like interacting. Um, you can just kind of see what we're doing. Um, if you have ideas, whatever. Hey, if you got, hey, Coach, I like this idea. You should probably try this, and I might try it. There's no,
1: nice I mean, 100%. I can I can vouch for that. That uh, Coach is very interactive, and so even if you're a coach at all, if you're in leadership position, a lot to be learned and, and a lot of laughs to be had. I appreciate you joining the show today. If you like what you saw and heard, please hit the like, the subscribe, share it with your friends, and thank you for being here.
0: Produced by Podcast Architects.